Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. On this episode of Big Boys Don't Cry, we discuss the film Love is Blind. You don't have to have seen the film to enjoy the podcast, but if you do proceed and listen without having seen the film, just be aware that the plot, strange as it is, will be spoiled for you. Enjoy. There ought to be a law, get the sheriff on the phone. Lord have mercy, how'd she even get them bridges on? And honk it but honk it I have a, a small fairy child on me. I can see. Hi, fairy child. Oh, look at that fur. That fur is actually extremely impressive. She is unbelievably floofy. Yeah. Do you ever have to, like, groom it? She's pretty good at grooming herself, but sometimes... I mean, I know cats lick their own butts. (laughs) And only their butts, nowhere else. Um, No, she's generally pretty good, and because she doesn't like going outside, it doesn't get particularly tangled. But, um, but yeah, she... uh, Sometimes we've got a couple of little combs that we use on her sometimes, which she gets very irate about. I love a tiny comb. <laughs> it's, the, it's the best I've kind of comb. I've got one that came with like a beard set that I have that you're supposed to use on your beard, but it's actually too big. Oh. I think if you've got a massive Santa beard, then it's fine. If you've got a beard like Roy Wood from Wizard, then Then great. it's absolutely fine. You use a big old hairbrush on that bad boy. Yeah, it's just a regular old hairbrush. You should use one of the cat's combs. Yeah. Oh, next you time wanna, I see you, you I'll bring it along and it'll be perfect. Yeah, yeah I mean, not... I know she's thinking very, very hard about what to get me for Christmas. Well, there's a there's a hint. <laughs> she looked up when I said that. <laughs> she did. She um, would make an excellent hat, I think, or a good <laughs> pair of slippers. I threaten, <laughs> yeah. I threaten her with that when she's being an, an arsehole. Which I'm going to make regularly. you into a hat. <laughs> it's like, That's actually quite a scary thing to threaten someone with. Yeah. So it's a good job that she's an idiot who doesn't understand a word I say. Yeah. I'm sorry that I'm not holding my non-hairy child, but he's asleep. <laughs> we'll get him on the podcast at some point. Yeah, yeah, we will. I mean, he can. so far, he can mostly make vowel sounds. Well, that puts him above 90% of podcasts. Yeah, yeah, this is true. Well, if you've ever heard a podcast, most of them are just consonants. They are. No vowels. Yeah, the most famous uh, podcast of all is... Oh yeah, um, I know what you mean. Um, Merck, Murns, Whatif. <laughs> That's the one. Whatif, what? Merck, Murn. The boogle. Yep. He needs a kid to add all the vowels in for him later. Yeah. That's the secret to his success. <laughs> so how are you anyway? Yeah, I'm not too bad. I had surgery this week on Monday on my sinuses, but uh, if you can tell, I sound probably less nasal now. So I'm still very tired and in some pain, but it's actually quite good. And I feel like they've kind of opened them up there and I'm breathing again. So, yay. Excellent. How long will it be before you're fully recovered? Uh, I'll be going back to work the week after next, um, but probably about a month, they said, until I feel completely normal up there. But yeah, it's not too bad. Oh, excellent stuff. And it's a good excuse to just sit down and watch lots of nonsense on television (laughs) and watch terrible films. (laughs) Speaking of terrible films... Yeah. How, uh, well, how are you anyway? Uh, I'm I'm all right. I've been quite unwell. You can't really hear it oh, in my no. voice right now because I've had a decent enough recovery. But um, but I can tell from the fact we've still got our cameras on, which we don't usually do at this point. But I can tell from the fact that you're scratching your cat in quite a Bond villain esque way 
that there is a darkness to you. There is. There I mean, is. that might just be how you you are generally, but <laughs> I mean that that is that is me generally. I'd love to be a Bond villain. Yeah, um, I think you'd make a good one. I'd like. They, to... I'm surprised they didn't call you for the new one. Uh, What's I'm... it called? Logjam. Uh, no time to die. No time to die. Oh yeah, that's and it. We discussed off. this. It's a good. It's a good name, not a single um, single word rubbish name. <laughs> not not Poopsville. James just, Bond, Poopsville. It's just the working title I heard. Yep, for sure. That's mainly just to do with where it was set. <laughs> which is another name for London, because <laughs> London is rubbish. Boo, London, you yeah. metropolitan elites. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's James Bond versus the metropolitan liberal elite. <laughs> He's just there triggering everyone. Yeah, the opening shot is him running into the offices of the Guardian with a gun going, how do you like this? <laughs> Facts don't care about your feelings. <laughs> Did you know that? You know that's a, an adage from idiots on the new right wing. Facts yes. don't care about your feelings. I have heard this. The, the opposite is actually true in that it's very hard to change somebody's minds with facts. So in reality, feelings don't care about your facts would be the correct sort of yeah, term. Yeah, literally the opposite is true. This is how we ended up, well, with Brexit, because people don't believe things when they're told facts. People believe emotive things take back control. That's why that worked as a slogan, because it's emotional. It has that emotional resonance. Exactly, exactly. Um, and uh, it's quite funny, the, the facts don't care about your feelings line coming from people who constantly lie and never use any actual facts either. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, their most famous saying is also a lie. You know, no matter how many times you can explain to me on a technical, factual level how a film of Quentin Tarantino's works, I still emotionally feel that he's full of shit. <laughs> um, speaking of not being able to see the truth, <laughs> um, the movie we watched this week is called Love is Blind. It, it is, would, yeah. Would you like or in to... some territories, Beautiful Darkness. Yes, would you which like... Makes even as little sense as the film itself <laughs> would you like to have a crack at explaining love is blind i i honestly don't know if i can <laughs> I, I read the i read a synopsis before going into it and then i was like okay that sounds extremely confusing and i don't know what's going on maybe it'll all shake out in the film and then i got to the end of the film and i was like nope nope there it is still no idea what happened there or what that was about did you yeah i i think the general idea of the film I understand. So um, there's this woman who can't see her mother. She's got this selective blindness that also I guess... So I just went to um, type it into Google. Um, I type Love is Blind movie and it, it auto-corrected it to Love Island movie instead. How, Why doesn't that exist? How could you do a Love Island movie? Well, it's just like a regular episode, but it's condensed down into 90 minutes. So all of the drama <laughs> over a whole season happens in 90 minutes. It's wild. Right. Okay. Or you do it something like um, something like Dead Set. I mean, obviously that was the TV series, but a sort of um, disaster, disaster take on the behind the scenes of a, a season of Love Island. I think that could be quite fun. With zombies. With zombies. Zombie Love Island. There is a video game called Dead Island, which is a um, like island retreat, which gets taken over by zombies. Um, and it it had this incredibly emotive initial trailer, 
and then when the the game came out it was like yeah i'm gonna get drunk on an island and and kill boob zombies (laughs) it's just this complete tonal clash between what was initially promised and what the game turned out to be which was so you're uh, saying there weren't any boob zombies no there was there was a lot of boob zombies and that was not what all gamers were expecting from the finished product um it was very sort of puerile in that way whereas the initial trailer was this very emotional thing that like everybody had huge plaudits forms like oh this is great um so yeah a bit of a, a bit of dissonance there between the two oh that's a shame but there are no boob zombies in love is blind no no um, zombies no zombies at all which i Just think people is, who uh, can't be seen by certain people yes so, so it deals with the idea of selective perception but doesn't really deal with it yes yeah, so so she can't see her mother and she also can't see Poldark. Yeah, um, which is a shame. She turns on the TV, goes, where's Poldark? And the TV's just blank for an hour. <laughs> no, it shows it, but he's not there. <laughs> oh, so right, it's just yeah. a field, so it's just a horse galloping a along on its own. <laughs> or a horse galloping on its own. <laughs> a tricorner hat just floating along in the breeze. <laughs> is it a tricorner hat? Is that the right hand? What kind of hat? Yeah. The Poldark old hat. Old hat, it's called. Yeah. Yep, tricorner hat. <laughs> so, so yes, yeah, so it's supposed right. to be about it's supposed to be about selective perception, but it deals with like a very extreme version of it, doesn't it? So, so in general, like perceptive, uh, selective perception, it's like ignoring certain things that are, you know, that go against your viewpoint, or or seeing things that go towards your viewpoint that aren't necessarily there. Um, yeah, does this and, actually and happen where people genuinely cannot see other people? Because I don't know that it I, actually does. I I have never. We know heard the facts don't care about feelings, but you know, <laughs> I've, I've never heard of it myself. That it's that it's something that that where it's that extreme. The general sort of concept that I know of a selective perception is if you if you tell people that they're drinking an alcoholic drink, but in fact they're not, they'll get drunk. Things like that. Yeah. Um. So it, it's kind of a social tie-in to being a placebo i guess is mm-hmm. is the best way to describe the general use of selective perception but here it's very much a this woman cannot see or hear her mother um which which is strange because it means that you know that it, it's very complex it must mean that it, it changes into she can't see the clothes that someone's wearing can't see the the items they're holding can't feel the movement around them can't smell them things like that um which, yeah, which that's the thing that got me immediately it was like well can she not smell or touch or all of those kind of things it, it a film even though it's a visual medium it does engage the senses doesn't it the best writing engages the senses the best films engage the senses i don't mean in like a 4d smell of vision kind of way i just <laughs> that mean that if you're though. watching <laughs> yeah this film sm- love is smell <laughs> <laughs> But um, yeah, it's like, well, can she, does she just have no awareness? Or does she literally see through her mother? And it's like, what's there? And the, the shots where it's like, it's from her point of view and the mother isn't there. That kind of implies that she's just literally not there at all. And you're like, okay, well, that's fine if that's the thing that you're exploring. But this film also ex- tried to explore 10 other things all on top of that. None of which really got explored properly. Like, I think you could make a really interesting film about that. But this film just had that happening and didn't, wasn't even really about it. 
Yeah. It's just so strange. So so let's talk through the other weird strands that this movie goes through. So you've <laughs> got it, we'll try and piece it together. <laughs> so you've got selective perception. This woman cannot see her mother. For some reason the family has not taken her to multiple psychologists. They've just kind of gone with it, which is very She's got weird. one psychiatrist who she goes to who is a poor man's Nathan Fillion. And who isn't he's not a trained psychiatrist either, is it explained that he's he's like a researcher? that's right yeah so because it it's he's not they're not paying him yeah so it's almost like a sort of she's doing it as a trial for him um he's also on the spectrum and they never really properly go into that in any depth either no he's there's just one scene where he's trying to do one of those like electronic puzzles like you get out of a cracker yeah and there's um, some noise that's distracting him. Like, and, okay, and fine. he likes there's the, a guy doing that. He likes the symmetry of burgers and and how. Um, I mean, don't we all? The, yeah, how 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 alike they are, um, which is one of the great things about burgers. It's got to be said. Um, so you've got that angle of it, um, which is never fully explored. They also he he feels as though he's in love with her, as well. But again, that's that's not really dealt with. Then you've got Poldark, uh, Aidan Turner. Um, Whose performance, I will say now, is not bad. His performance, I think, is actually is good, but it's contextually so weird, and the framing of it doesn't work on so many levels that the film is still a letdown. But his performance in isolation is okay, and you feel like he actually did really put his all into it as best he could. Yeah, I think that Aidan Turner is a very... I, I think he's underrated as an actor because... He's best known for two things, for Poldark and for the Hobbit movies. Um, Who is he in the Hobbit movies? So he was the handsome dwarf. He, he's the handsome dwarf, the, the sexy dwarf. Who the, who oh, the, um, um, Johnny Sex Dwarf. <laughs> that's his name, yeah, Johnny Sex Dwarf. Yeah, um, yeah no, he's, he's the handsome dwarf who has the love triangle with the elf that they added in. Um, have have oh, you right, seen any okay. of the Hobbit films? No, I, I'm not going to watch that fucking shit. We've, <laughs> we've discussed this so many times. I, I, the idea of breaking the Hobbit down into three films is just the most cynical, horrible cash in, and I refuse to support it. Yeah, they're not very good. Um, but so they added in a, a love triangle with a dwarf. Yeah, so so Killy. He I plays thought Killy nobody tosses a dwarf. <laughs> boom boom, um, and. Uh, and so he is in love with an elf who's in love with him, but Legolas is also in love with the elf. Right. So there's this love triangle thing going on, which is who a wins? Shame. Uh, nobody wins. It's, nobody gets the girl. Nobody. Nobody. Do you want spoiler alert for the Hobbit? Um. Well, you know this. You've read the book. Everybody dies. Yep. <laughs> The dragon Ooh. comes out and consumes them all. Everyone dies in the Hobbit, or at least like a lot of them do. And then those that don't, they all die by the time that the Lord of the Rings has rolled around. Um, apart from Bilbo, apart from Bilbo, and the big dog. Elrond, and, Elrond's and, covered, and <laughs> and and Gandalf. Well, yeah, obviously. Um, but yeah, so so he plays the handsome dwarf in that. So it's a shame that you know he's this—he's a very charismatic actor. I think is the best way to describe Aidan Turner. He's got that screen presence. Um, I'm looking at his filmography now, and it's surprisingly short. Yeah, yeah. He's so, done a fair bit of TV as well. So um, a few years ago, he was in the BBC adaptation of Agatha Christie's, and then there were none. Did you see that? Yes, and he's fantastic. I thought he that. was great in that. 
And I'm not a huge like mystery and crime guy, but for some reason those kind of shows they're always on at Christmas, aren't they? And it's like you've got the the gooch of the festive season, you know, the few <laughs> days between Christmas and New Year. That's always on over a few nights, and you're like, well, okay, yeah, that's when I watch my mystery and crime dramas. And that was really gripping. I was really gripped by that, and he was brilliant in that. Yeah, I think that's probably the best of the recent BBC um, adaptations of Agatha Christie. Um, I I really love it. I actually own it on DVD. That's how much I like wow. it. Wow! Um, it's it's one you of you bought a DVD of something that was made in 2015. Well, they didn't release it on Blu-ray because it's the BBC. <laughs> of course, <laughs> they can't afford Blu-rays. Um, it's it and it's it's incredibly captivating. Wonderful performances from everybody. And what 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 really sells it is that Aidan Turner stands out as a fantastic actor alongside the likes of Charles Dance, um, alongside the likes of Sam Sam Neill, um, alongside the likes of Miranda Richardson. He stands alongside them and does a fantastic job. Um, And so he's got a lot of quality to him, but he's not really thought of in the same way. And and that's why I think this is, this is might be a controversial thing to say, but I'd quite like him to be the next James Bond. I think he could do it. Um, yeah. because they, they always do best when they grab someone who's not necessarily been in anything that big yet and then gives them that role where they can really turn it into their own. So Daniel Craig had been in things like Layer Cake up to that point. Um, so he was fairly well known, but not a, not a superstar. And then he's, you know, he's given James Bond. Pierce Brosnan. I mean, everyone in the world seemed tough in. Um uh, and Lawnmower Man. And Lawnmower Man. Yeah, yeah. Timothy Dalton. Roger Moore had been in TV stuff. Sean Connery. You, you go back through the list of all of them and the defining role of their careers has been that. And you look at what they've done before it and it's all good, but it's not at the same level as what they achieved with Bond. So when people are saying, um, oh, give it to Michael Fassbender, give it to Tom Hardy. It's like, no, don't give it to them. Give it to someone who can really become the role rather than just be this famous actor is playing Bond in a few movies. Yeah, I'd agree with that, for sure. Um, and, and also he's Irish, and the Irish are great, so... Yeah, like Bronholm. Like Bronholm. In fact, if they were ever to remake Taffin... <laughs> yeah, if they were going to... would absolutely if, kill it. If they were ever going to make Taffin again, not that they should, because it's perfect as it is. No, um, but I would like to see Aidan Turner... Yeah, I'd like to see. Maybe you shouldn't be living here. Maybe you shouldn't be living here. Um, But yeah, so so Poldark's over now. Is it? So he's got he's got things to do. Yeah, he's not busy. Call him up. Yeah, get him in. I think Mr. (laughs) Broccoli. That's the guy who runs the the Inflaming Estate, isn't it, Mr. Broccoli? Um. Yes. Yeah. Albert Broccoli. Is that his name? Um, he's going to be in a Terence Malick movie called The Last Planet, which is a retelling of several episodes in the life of Christ. Oh, okay. He's not playing Jesus. Oh, what? Um, although John, John the Baptist, it's got to be one of the one of the big dogs. <laughs> Judas. Uh, he, he plays. He plays. Let's have a look. Who does he play? Saint Peter. He plays Andrew. Andrew. Yeah. There wasn't an Andrew. There's always an Andrew. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> um satan is being played by mark rylance just so oh, okay, you know. okay. I'm, uh, I'm down with I'm that i'm listening now i reckon he could do a good a good satan um he's um also playing leonardo da vinci in a tv series from the looks of it cool um which is cool 
Um, yeah, all like big meaty roles, you know, and all of which you feel like he can definitely do. Yeah, so I reckon give him give him Bond next. Give it to him. Yeah, for sure. If um, you're listening. Yeah, if you're listening, makers of James Bond. Or if you're listening, Daniel Craig, because I know you are, because you're... He listens man. every week. I love... I, I do actually... It's a very nice review. Um, real, real talk for a second. I really do love Daniel Craig. He's he, great. He has such a wonderful zero bullshit approach that I, I really like it. Um, and yeah, so yeah, Daniel Craig, we know you're listening. Get, put a good word in for old Aiden Turner. Yeah, do it for us, your favourite boys. Yeah, yeah, we, we, we're your faves, we know. Um, but there is no espionage in Love is Blind. Well, I suppose there is a bit of espionage. Kind of, I guess. Yeah. Um, so, so... Aidan Turner is a person who is depressed, kind of. An American person with an American accent that yeah. he pulls off. Everybody in this movie has an American accent, even though the two leads are English or Irish, yeah. um, which is which is an interesting choice. Yeah. Um, so he's depressed and he's knocking down a house next door to the therapist's house. Yes. And he's eating a lot of burgers, but still maintaining a very good figure. It's- because of all the smashing yeah <laughs> um is that where i'm going wrong <laughs> you, you just got to keep smashing stuff constantly destroying things keeps you fit like the incredible hulk it's because you're, you're a very positive person so you create things instead you should be destroying things right so for okay. every episode of the podcast that we create you need to break a wall somewhere okay my house has quite a few walls i think i can make this work <laughs> for a few weeks or or or, or let the air out of a tire some random oh, okay. person's tire. You've got to do things like that. You've got to be destructive. It's, right. it's just go around keying cars. Yeah, it's the circle of life, isn't it? <laughs> I don't know. I'll ask Elton John. For every positive reaction, there needs to be an equal negative reaction. That's true. That's. I mean, that's not even the circle of life. That's just physics. That is. That's the, the law. Facts don't care about your feelings. Yeah. World. <laughs> I say as I smash someone's window to exactly. maintain balance. Um. So yeah, Aiden Turner, he's depressed and he's doing a lot of voiceovers that are very on the nose going, is this real? Maybe there's some magic. I don't know. Which are really, really at odds with the content of the film, which is extremely obtuse. <laughs> it's so strange, isn't it? Um, and, and this is what I imagine, you know, we were talking about the voiceover to Blade Runner. Um, yeah. It's, this is exactly how I imagine that to be. <laughs> he's just going, am I the mad one? Is she the mad one? Am I a ghost? Maybe I'm a ghost. Things like that. <laughs> um, yeah. It's it's very strange. But w- essentially what happens is he's seeing this therapist a little bit on the side. Um, and eventually the therapist is like, you, woman who can't see people, for some reason you can't see Aidan Turner. Why don't you pretend that you can and speak to him all the time? And then Aidan yeah. Turner just follows her around and can't be seen. And um, and falls in love with her. And obviously. falls in love with her. Um, and, and she, within a couple of scenes of him just listening to her talking nothing, he's saved it. She's saved his life, and he's happy. Yeah, because that's that's how mental illness works. Yeah, that's exactly how it works. <laughs> but um, uh, the one thing that did surprise me about this movie is I thought this film was going to be a nightmare when it came to consent. Um, mm. That when when I saw the trailer and when I read about it, I was like, "Oh God, alarm bells are going off here." Um, yeah, and too. it's it's not great, but it's much better than I thought it was going to be. If that's a selling point at all, hmm. um, where there's no creepy scene where he's like 
dancing with her and she can't see him or anything like that. Yeah, um, well, I thought he was going to be, do a lot of watching her. And there was one scene where he was like watching her lying in bed, which yeah, was creepy. Yeah, which was creepy, but it wasn't it was nowhere near as bad as I thought it was going to be. So kudos to the filmmakers for not being creepy. But or, not kudos to them for having a scene in which the therapist literally hits her. Yes, yeah, which is, you know, apropos <laughs> of basically nothing and then in the next scene she's apologizing to him. Yeah, that would that's bad therapist work. Um, really would, soured it for me. Actually, you that. would, yeah, you would not be able to do that. <laughs> no, no, you know, if you're being a trainee therapist, yeah, you're not going to be able to do that, mate. I'm sorry, that's yep. that's bad, bad things. Very bad. So yeah, I d- I did not care for that. But also, Aiden Turner's name in this film is Russell Hank. Hank is not a surname. Nobody's called <laughs> Russell Hank. Whilst at the like, same time, on top of all of the other nonsense in this film. Why Russell Hank? But at the same sense, at the like, same have you ever listened the... to um, my dad wrote a porno? Uh, no, I've heard it's very funny. It is very very funny. It's overrated, but extremely funny. Um, it basically, yeah, this guy's dad writes terrible porn books, and that's like one of the, the names of one of the characters in one of those books. That's what it reminded me of. But at the same time, the therapist's name is Farmer Smithson. Yeah. That makes no sense either. <laughs> Surely there's Russell Smithson. At first, Smithson I genuinely thought he was a and farmer. Hank Fram- Hank, you want Hank Farmer and Russell Smithson. Exactly. Yeah, that works. <laughs> Hi, I'm Hank Farmer. Maybe I am a farmer. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. Aiden Turner looks like a bit of a farmer. He could Paul be a Duck's farmer. a farmer, isn't he? Uh, no, he's a miner. Oh, okay. Um, a farmer of coal. Yeah, coal farmer. Yeah, exactly. He goes down there and he grows... He, Plants the coal plants. That's what diamonds are. If you plant a diamond in the ground, then you get a coal mine eventually. Yeah. Exactly. That's that's a fact. Facts don't you care about your feelings. <laughs> you gotta tend to it with love. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, so the names in this are weird. Yeah. They're stupid. Silly. And then there's a the whole thing about is she called Bess or not? And you're just like, who cares? Yeah, and you can kind of understand what they're doing with that where it's he she likes being called by something else because it allows her that escape from her history and her life and you're like yeah okay fine but you're making a really big point of it and then it makes the therapist really unreasonably stupidly angry yes and, and again turns him into a really monstrous awful character and you're like what is wrong with you go away and i think they're trying to tie that back into him being on the autism spectrum but it's like uh, <laughs> i don't know guys you're, you're walking a very yeah, you're walking a very thin line here guys <laughs> I'm not too sure you're on the right path either. Um, which, yeah, and, and I think that's what they were trying to do, is they were trying to introduce elements of it. But again, it was very messy in terms of what what themes and what issues they were trying to discuss. Um, and it doesn't really work, I guess. No, um, I didn't feel like anything about this film really worked at all. No. Apart it's... from Aidan Turner's sexy voice. It's inc- it's a very strange movie. Um, like the the trailers make it look weird, but that doesn't do it justice because the trailer is almost like watching the full movie is like watching a, a ninety minute long version of the trailer. There's no additional context given, so it's just no. it, it's very random. It's these these random scenes. There's this... it's it's a rare film like this, isn't it? Well, often if we talk about a film and it's not good, you've watched a film, you haven't enjoyed it, whatever, you can tell what they were trying to do. 
you can tell that they were trying to do this thing and they failed at it because of X thing, because this bit of characterization was poor or it was badly written or this actor didn't turn in a good performance or this actor's performance was too good for the film, like um, Eddie Redmayne in Jupiter Ascending, for example. Yes. Yeah. But it's like the, with this film, I have no idea what they were trying to do. I have no idea what they were trying to say or accomplish. And I have no idea how they thought they were going to pull it off either. I'm genuinely very, very baffled by this film. And I'm trying to think of the last time we had a film that was like this. But honestly, I can't. Because going into this, the, it, I thought we were going to get an, another Pottersville. But in fact, this is an anti-Pottersville. <laughs> Which I also found very baffling. <laughs> yeah, baffling in very different ways. Because Pottersville yeah. had all of these really weird moments, but somehow managed to make this incredibly dull film out of out of what could have been gold. Yeah. Um, whereas... yeah, right. There was a, a similar kind of narrative dissonance to Pottersville and the way that it fit together, the way the scenes felt very disjointed and the, the dialogue didn't really make sense and or it sort of made sense line by line but then didn't flow in any way and that kind of thing. I guess Pottersville is the closest comparison, but I had blocked Pottersville from my memory. <laughs> but, but they're so almost like a mirror of image of each other in terms of the way that they feel and the way that they are baffling. So Pottersville is, is one of the most boring films ever. And it shouldn't be when it's got a furry orgy halfway in. Like, how yeah. can you make a boring movie with a furry orgy in it? Um, but, and it's but, got Michael Shannon cavorting about in a, like, a wolf costume for most of it. Yeah, which is great. Um, but this film, it, it has that same issue where it's like, you've got all of these really talented people in it and Matthew Broderick, and then all of a sudden... <laughs> it's so weird to me that he's old now. It's he's really, Ferris it's Bueller, really strange. You know? He will always be Ferris Bueller See the, the oldest... And I've seen him old in some of the films where he's been good, but I still find it a bit tragic, and I know that's unfair. But See, the, I, I can't is. think of him as being older than he is in the Godzilla movie he was in. Like that, oh, That's yeah. as old as he can be in my mind, and that was like 20 years ago, if not more. Um, but... Yeah, he's not. He's he's probably the worst in this film. Um, yeah. I think it's fair to say. I I I kind of like him in general, but he's he's he probably only bad. filmed for like yeah. two days. He's in a few yeah. scenes. Yeah, he's he's, and... he's only in a couple of scenes and then he disappears. Um, Chloe Savigny is also in very little of it, but she is consistently Chloe Savigny, and I think that's enough to get by. Where yeah, her performance she, isn't bad, to be yeah, fair. She, the, she's the, the, the mother I, I, who can't be seen. There's a sadness in her eyes that works. Yes, although I, I do find it very strange that the scene in which she's really introduced, she's like just wearing a shirt and no trousers just around the house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're like, even if your daughter can't see you, it's a bit strange that you're just wandering around in that. Like, what if suddenly she could see you again and she's like, Mum, you're alive and you're not wearing anything? <laughs> What's yeah, going on? There's no need for that. Um, like I, I, I don't think that, for instance, if I um, suddenly couldn't be seen, I don't think they would appreciate it. If I suddenly reappeared and I was just there in a in a vest and some boxes, come on! If if I if I knew sock. that I couldn't be seen, I would just walk around naked the whole time. Speaking of not being able to be seen, the trailer for the Invisible Man uh, remake has dropped today. Oh, who's playing the Invisible Man? So the Invisible Man is being played by nobody because they're cheapskates. Um, <laughs> no, it's being played by one of the people from The Haunting of Hill House. Okay. Um, and then the main character is uh, played by Elizabeth Moths from um, oh, okay. from Hammy's Tale. She's good. Who is very good, yes. Um, and and they've, they've done a really interesting twist on it. So it seems as though the Invisible Man is like an abusive partner who... who fakes his own 
death fakes his own suicide um and then comes back to torment her um as an invisible person later on um which sounds like a really interesting twist on the usual i'm a scientist Uh oh now i'm invisible well better start going mad um which is the the general plot of 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 various invisible man movies so i i think it'll be interesting i've certainly taken a an, an interesting look at it yeah for sure um and and that's what i thought i thought there might be something creepy in in love is blind that might sort of yeah like like i don't know aiden turner um like putting a blanket over her in bed and you just see this blanket go over her you're like oh god that's creepy something like that but but they do manage to avoid that which is which yeah, is or good. her mother just like looming over her in the night yeah yeah um very oh, my sweet child very hereditary something like that <laughs> um but but instead i think as ridiculous as the main plot is if they'd stuck with that they might have had a dumb but enjoyable movie what the the mother plot no if they'd well maybe if they just stuck with she can't see certain people and she knows that she can't see certain people i think they could have done something quite good with that instead of her not knowing that she can't see people um i i think that could have worked quite well so so there is um there's a just as an example there's a black mirror episode where it's a minor plot point in it um but if you uh you can get a court order where instead of being able to stay you have to stay 50 feet from people at any given moment um they basically block it from your retinas and you can't see or hear that person so for instance if someone goes through a divorce um they could take the kid away and then the 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 partner can never see their 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 spouse or their child ever again like they physically cannot see them at all um i haven't seen that one and so i think they could they could do something interesting with that kind of idea where maybe it is you know set in a a timer-esque future where maybe there's a class divide and people of a lower class can't see people of a higher class um yeah that's the thing it wasn't trying to do anything kind of clever conceptually or try to real have to have any kind of actual fantasy element I almost felt as if it was if it wanted to have a fantasy element or kind of like as you say tech dystopian element whatever it was that makes it different from a regular realistic film but couldn't bring itself to does that make sense yeah I think you're right and and I think just adding in something like that where it it defined its rules a little bit more because you never really understand why she can't see certain people like you can maybe understand if she had a difficult uh upbringing maybe not being able to see her mother or because there's or, the thing with well, her mother like had a car crash or whatever and then after that she couldn't see her which is yeah. revealed very very slowly and drip fed in a really annoying way yeah and and so they kind of do that but not really but there's no explanation given as to why she can't see aiden turner's russell hank i think she just hears the name and then she's like i ain't never looking at that <laughs> i can't i no can't see russell like hank that. whereas they could do something like oh maybe it's two lovers who are from different classes who can't see each other or or maybe it's some kind of fantasy thing exactly um, that conceptually is all you need class divide two lovers can't see each other because of this thing how do they overcome it to fall in love there's yeah, your film yeah, easy ex- exactly or, or or maybe they love just, is blind 2021 or maybe they do just go down the route of it's never fully explained but in which case cut out all of the um all, all of the stuff about um 
about the mother entirely and just yeah. have it that she randomly can't see this one person or that yeah. she randomly can't see certain people and then her therapist who isn't on the autism spectrum so you avoid all of those those awkward footings that you take during and the there's movie. no resemblance to nathan fillion <laughs> unless you hire nathan fillion in which well, case yeah. go ahead which would be fine um He's the ultimate therapist on screen. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, and, and maybe, you know, they have this little thing going where, okay, we found one of these people that you can't see. Now spend some time with them. That kind of thing. Um, and, and and there's ways that they could make that. And, and I think in general, that main sort of arc works quite well. I'm not too sure. Sh- I think their way of portraying uh, depression is not very good. Um, no. I think it's worth pointing out. And... Yeah, they don't really handle that very well either. So maybe no, and I just... think all of those things, the way they use um, depression and mental illness and people's conditions are doubtless things that they would that the makers of this film would use to explain it not making sense. And they'd be like, oh, well, all of this stuff is actually just supposed to reflect that, you know, as, a, as their kind of get out. I haven't read anyone saying that, but that would be my assumption. Yeah, I wouldn't want to make assumptions about it. I and mean, maybe it was it was fully made in good faith about representation and things like that, but it doesn't it doesn't really work, does it? And I think, you know, um as 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 sort of someone who's a bit of an expert in mental illness, I don't think they really handle that very well. And using it as a, a dramatic crutch for the final act as well is quite poor. Yeah. And the way they handle it as that crutch is is not very well done. Um but I think there, there is scope here and i think the way that it's filmed is interesting so g- going back to um what's it called pottersville pottersville feels like a hallmark movie this feels almost but like furries. W- but with furries this feels almost like a sort of indie art house flick the way it's filmed there's all of these interesting directorial choices that have been made um and the guys behind the direction they they um they cut their teeth in uh in music videos yeah and i i think that kind of shows here is there's all of these interesting little flourishes here and there so it's from a visual perspective it's not it's nowhere near as boring to look at as some of the other movies we've watched um no it's it's easy on the eyes and i think it it's not badly shot either there are yeah. some very very nice images in it and can we talk about the score as well because the score is not bad but it's completely incongruous because it's really like floaty and indie and it actually the score combined with the overall aesthetic made me think that it was like when i said it was trying it wanted to have a fancy element but can't couldn't bring itself to it was like the next step would be to be a film like like a michelle gondry film something Mm -hmm. like the science Mm -hmm. of sleep or eternal sunshine or something like that i felt like that was the territory it wished that it could be in but it couldn't get over that hump yeah, and that's what they really should have gone for. And I think with a little bit more of a of an incisive decision making behind the scenes in the script and and a little bit of a tweak of tone, it could have really achieved that. But it, it gets stuck in that middle ground, doesn't it? It's very cluttered. And I think the fact that it's cluttered is the real mm. the real problem here. That's the right word, cluttered, for sure. Um, there's it's, too much going on. It's like suddenly we're gonna have a flashback to like when she was a kid and her parents are arguing or whatever. And I was like, the, oh, is that supposed to be her parents? She's in a treehouse with her mum. Like, who cares? Yeah, it's like, mm, doesn't doesn't really. But then the next really scene is something else that doesn't lead on from that. And you're like, well, who cares about that? Who cares about the therapist eating a burger? <laughs> and and that's the other thing is it, it's very disjointed as well, which is another real problem. Um, and and you know me, I'm a sucker for movies that are ambitious and don't quite make it. Oh yeah, this is what and, we always say. If you tried really hard to make something 
good, then that will that always shines through. But I don't really get the feeling that anyone was trying here either. Yeah, I I don't know. I I think they were, but they've really bitten off more than they can do here. Like this isn't a Jupiter ascending aiming for the stars it's kind of just uh throwing as much in as possible um and uh, hoping that something sticks it it almost feels like they didn't have that confidence in any of their core story arcs um yeah that's exactly it so it's like oh we'll add in a bit of this arc and see if that um that brings a bit of extra depth to it but yeah it doesn't feel like a confidently written or confidently acted piece with the exception of aiden turner (laughs) yeah let, let let's let's have this this um this strange condition where someone can't can't perceive people around them let's have someone with depression let's have someone on the autism spectrum let's have someone with um is it alzheimer's that matthew broderick's got okay. yeah, yeah was it was it alzheimer's that was mentioned and then um, let's have him die and let's have him die um only so that that can lead to the funeral at which she can suddenly somehow now see russell hank yes yeah and so it oh it all just it's too much it's too much man yeah this is the thing it's it's a really hot it's a film that's impossible to explain and not and not in a kind of thomas pynchon gravity's rainbow kind of way <laughs> no, you know, in no. a kind of way where it just doesn't really make a lot of sense even though there isn't actually that much to it there are yeah. scenes they happen people talk they do things actions happen but it's like none of it really fits together it's yeah it's odd yeah and i think i think that's the main problem is it it, it is it's an unfinished jigsaw or no it's it's five jigsaws stitched together into one small jigsaw yeah and And it's weirdly like most of it seems to be from her point of view but he's the one doing the voiceover so that doesn't really make sense either yeah um and we, we we haven't mentioned our lead but um shannon tarbett who is uh she was in beast yeah she was in beast that was a great um so she's the sister in beast um which is great and she's also in killing eve which is a great show i've not Um, seen that but i've heard nothing but good things yeah so i and i think she's she's pretty good in this as well i think given her lines of dialogue are the most difficult to to do convincingly i think her dialogue is quite poor um and, and that's not her fault at all in the slightest um so i think as as far as com- conveying someone with this very strange condition goes i think she's probably doing as well as she can do with the material that's been given to her yeah i i felt like i believed her performance and and yeah so i'm i'm looking forward to seeing what she'll be in next hopefully she'll you know she'll she'll be able to to get into more things um because because what she's done so far is has been very good um, yeah Again, so, one of those people yeah, who clearly early on in their careers and more. great things to come. Yeah, she's in um, she's in a, mo- a movie coming up with Rupert Penry Jones, who has one of my favourite names. Do you, do you know yeah. Rupert Penry yeah, Jones? Yeah. I um, know the name. Yeah. So he sure was I in Spooks. Oh uh, yeah, he was. Yeah, and um, and various other things. Um, what was he in most recently that you might have seen? He's been in lots of things that I know. Uh, did you watch Silk at all? No. He was uh, okay. <laughs> he, he he's he's good, and he's been in lots of good stuff. Mainly, sort of really good television shows. Um, but yeah, so she's going to be in a film with him. Um, cool. 
Sounds good. At some point, which would be interesting. Um, so yeah. Now this film, Love is Blind, right? Apparently it was shot in 2015, but has only had a weird, has had a weird release thing. So it was on streaming in the UK earlier this year, but is now like coming out in US cinemas this month or something. Yeah, Very it's odd. Weird, and that's never a good sign, is it? No, when you, when there is that kind of staggered release and when there's been a delay to release, it's generally a sign of, of something difficult going on behind the scenes. And I haven't been able to see anything about what's what's actually happened here, whether it's a rights issue or, you know, production houses changing or maybe it was shelved indefinitely. But then, you know, it's, you know, off the back of Poldark, its lead is now popular enough for them to see sort of think about different methods of release. Um, I don't know, but it's yeah, it's 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 interesting that it that it's had this strange release. Yeah, I just it's always funny with that. You always want to know so much more about what was going on in the intervening time with it where they film something and then just like shelve it. And everyone's going, When's it gonna come out? When's it gonna come out? But no one was wondering when this was gonna come out. <laughs> yeah, I guess I don't know. It's um it's it's difficult, isn't it? That you, you it's the kind of film where it, it's ambitious and it's from people who've previously worked in in music videos and you want them to the to... people behind two become one by the spice girls yeah this is i seem to remember people enjoying that video back in the day <laughs> not you um, of course no no i hate everything <laughs> <laughs> you're a burnt out husk i i am a burnt out husk um yeah it's it's um yeah i just think it's a shame that it's and i i wonder how much of a um i wonder how much of an audience it's going to get because it it feels as though they they maybe filmed a load of it and it was a really lengthy piece back in 2015 and they've kind of i don't know chopped and changed it quite a lot and and that's what the that's what the um voiceover feels like as well the addition of that that voiceover it makes it feel like maybe they had to add it in in post-production yes um, that feels kind of very a, much a like backup. the blade runner voiceover where they're having to do yeah. this to explain to people what's going on because surely you think about the number of people who are involved in making a film surely when they were going through this and all the edits there were people there watching it going guys this doesn't really make any sense get Turner back in. <laughs> we need him. Yeah, you, you you do kind of get that feeling that it's it they've stitched it back together with a voiceover to try and to try and keep it together. And um, it hasn't worked. And it hasn't worked. And it's just a shame because yeah, if they'd if they'd been more strategic about what they wanted, what they and if they thought more about what they wanted this movie to tell, I think it could have been a, a serviceable like you said, a, a serviceable kind of indie art house romantic drama with those fantastical elements in it. With a lovely indie soundtrack. Yeah, just shins, constant shins. Something I'd have bought on DVD in around 2007. Yeah, the the thing where you'd be at a house party at uni and someone would be like, oh, have you seen this movie? It's great. And, yeah, and they mention yeah. it to all the girls to try and get them to sleep with them and it doesn't yep. work because <laughs> they can still tell that you're a creep. <laughs> yeah it's exactly that kind of that thing. is a, that is a, a good old subtweet to all of the weird twats at our university 
<laughs> Ourselves not included. Ourselves not included. <laughs> um, oh, the Garden State's so great. Do you want to come watch it with me? No. Yeah, you know, Zach Braff in that film, man. It's great. I'm a sensitive guy. I'm not one of those guys with Pulp Fiction posters on my walls. I'm all about Garden State. I wear a cardigan. I'm still going to sleep with you and never call you back. <laughs> yeah, I'm still going to act like an arse at a toga party. <laughs> I'll just be wearing a little indie beanie as I do it. Yeah. <laughs> I hate beanies. <laughs> a woolen hat is fine, like a bobble hat. A, b- fine. a woolen hat Serviceable. Is fine. <laughs> You're having your. I never ever sounded more British. You're having a boom. You're having a proper boomer moment here, Paddy. Okay, boomer. (laughs) Back in my day, we had woolen hats and we were fine with it, and that's why I voted for Brexit. Bring back the shilling. Is fine. Yeah. We'll have blue passports and blue bobble hats, and it'll be fine. Yeah. A bobble hat is fine, but a beanie. I don't get beanies, especially those ones that like just sit on the top of your head. What (laughs) are those about? It's the male fascinator. That's what they are. I mean, I'm fascinated by how stupid they look. <laughs> I miss big hats. Yeah. Like, they're really big, baggy, oversized hats. They... Like Poldock. Yeah, exactly. No, no. I, bring you... back the tri-corner hat. You... No, I'm but... definitely going to bring that back after Brexit. No, but do you remember when, when sort of like the indie phase was in full swing, that you couldn't get a normal-sized hat. You could either get one which was tiny, like a little beanie, or you could get a... Um, a like slightly bigger, baggier hat. Um, and I miss you mean those like big... a sort of Russian hat. No, but almost like the same design as beanies, but just bigger. Like you could fit two beanies inside one of the other ones. Oh yeah, yeah, the double beanie. Yeah, and I, I miss those because those. You mean really... like dappy? Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> because I miss those because they were incredibly comfortable and also kept your head warm, unlike beanies. Yeah. And then there's beanie babies, of course. Yeah. Good old beanie babies. They didn't keep you very warm, though. No, you had to stitch a few of them together. <laughs> you had to make a jacket of stitching together beanie babies. <laughs> How do we get onto beanies? Um, I don't know. Oh, I wait, don't... but then there's a whole other class of beanie, which is like the um, the new metal beanie. So like the bloke from Puddle of Mud. He always used to have oh, that kind of really yeah. tight beanie, like yeah. Fred Durst as well. Fred Durst's red baseball cap. Um, yeah, yeah, the old, um, the old new metal beanies that people were wearing. Yeah, I do not miss that. <laughs> it's what you wore in between your your bleached frosted tips coming back in. Yeah, while, they, they, while you were waiting for them to grow back. Yeah, if if you if you if you needed to go back to the to the hairdressers to get them done again, it'd be like, oh, I can't go out just with my hair looking normal. I have to wear a beanie. And the hairdresser's like, I got you, man. Here you go. He pulls pulls the drawer open. There's like ten different types of beanie all all laid up in there. You can choose one. <laughs> yeah, it's I like you, you, back, you you come back in a week and we'll put some red in. But between now and then, you better wear this, else you'll lose your new metal cred. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hairdressers were doing great things back then, man. Oh, they were nowadays. <laughs> nowadays, nothing. They go in. You go. What do you want? Shave your head, mate. Nothing else. Get out. Do you want to? Do you want a peaky blinder cut, or do you want nothing? <laughs> yeah, just send you out the shop. <laughs> you can either have the peaky blinder, or you can just keep your hair growing. Those are the only two options now. If you're a man, which yeah. I don't mind because I quite like. I like having the peaky blinder cut. But isn't the peaky blinder a hat anyway? It, but then so they just put a hat on your head and put, the, move the, you on your way. The peaky blinder is the name of the gang. 
because right. in their hats they have little razors so they cut you with your with their hats um but then they all have the the fancy haircuts where it's shaved on the sides and long on the top yeah i think i'm gonna have to get one my hair's getting a bit long yeah do it and come out just go in and say i want to look like tommy shelby yeah and, and then you'll come out looking like our handsome man killian murphy and i'll send him up looking like tommy robinson probably <laughs> <laughs> Oh, those. Yeah, I think that's one of the worst things about all the Nazis in this country, apart from all the racism, is that they've taken the good haircuts and they've made them look stupid. Yeah. Get your own haircuts. Some of them would look good with frosted tips, actually. What happened to Nazis having shaved heads? Go back to that, you dickheads. Give us back our haircuts. That's an obvious Nazi move, isn't it? The skinhead. Yeah, they're trying to be respectable. They're not even good Nazis. They can't even Nazi properly. At least be... Stupid Nazis. (laughs) If you've got so much white pride, have pride in looking like a Nazi, you fucks. <laughs> have pride in looking like a white egg. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, we want you to look like Humpty Dumpty because then you're much easier to identify in the street and heckle. Yeah. And then when you have a great fall, we'll call all the king's horses and all the king's men and they won't be able to put you back together again. Because they have hooves and hooves are useless. <laughs> Yeah, I've realised this actually from kind of singing nursery rhymes and songs like that to my son that most of them make no sense they make about as much sense as the film Love is Blind <laughs> I think you should um, just explain the plot of Love is Blind to your son oh he'll love it he'll go yeah. right to sleep yeah it'll, it'll, it's the perfect nursery rhyme in that case and I'll put on the twinkly music that plays in the background Ooh, it's kind I'm, of lullaby-ish isn't it I'm music? in love with someone I can't see or hear I'm not really <laughs> sure how that works. Oh, yeah. That, I remember that Postal Service song from 2004. Let's <laughs> put some nice synths in. Yeah. I'm in love with someone that I can't see. I really miss my mum, but she's not dead. She's oh, really there. <laughs> oh, wait. My dad's now dead. <laughs> he's Matthew Broderick <laughs> oh, God. oh yeah he phoned it in didn't he, he really he really phoned it in I can't really blame him but no he did I think he knew that it was a stupid role and he was just like well whatever it's a week's work probably yeah he, did, he basically turned up filmed it all and then sod it off off, yep. to, off to go and destroy more cars and <laughs> other such hijinks is that what he does that's all he does now. He just he, he he's stuck revisiting um uh what's it called? The the movie. Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Oh, I thought you meant he was in like Fast and Furious Nine or whatever. <laughs> no, yeah, he's gonna be in the next one. Fast and Ferris. Hobbs 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 and Shaw and Ferris. <laughs> Hobbs and Bueller. Yeah. Um yeah, no, he's he just sneaks into people's homes and then just destroys their sports cars yeah with a hammer that's all he does now um yeah so everyone's got to have a hobby right exactly exactly so so love is blind right how have you got anything else to say about this film no it's a very confusing film and i don't know what they were trying to do and whatever they were trying to do it didn't really work it tries to be a sort of aesthetically pleasing vaguely fantasy-ish film about perception and stuff but doesn't really pull it off watch it if you want to be very confused and bored (laughs) yeah it's confusing it is quite boring 
Aidan Turner does his best, but even yep. his charismatic performance isn't enough to really make it work. You can't save it, but it is no. the silver lining. Yeah, yeah. So it's a weird curio. It's one of those other movies where they've got lots of talented people in it somehow, and it hasn't really worked. Um, yeah. And I don't know whether it's really going to reach an audience. Um I don't, I As really can't see further. it reaching a proper audience. I know I know that there's lots of people who are fans of Aidan Turner, but given that it's not really had much of an impact in the UK, where Poldark is the greatest thing since <laughs> yeah. I don't know, non-sliced bread. The greatest thing say. since Peaky Blinders. Yeah. <laughs> Poldark um, Blinders. Poldark Blinders. Um it's it's um yeah, I can't imagine that it's really going to have that much of an impact when it opens to US markets and and when it sort of becomes more well known. No, I don't. I don't think anyone will care, honestly. No. Um, so, so how are we going to rate this then? Um, let's see. How many years has it been since your mum supposedly died in a car crash and you think you can't see her? Uh, so is and since you also had your therapist who can't, who can see you and like wants to kiss you and stuff, and since also Aiden Turner was there, but then he wasn't, is that confusing enough? <laughs> that is perfectly confusing for this film. Um, <coughs> um, I'm going to go for seven years since all of that stuff started happening. Seven years. I think that's that's a bit high, actually. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I I enjoyed the mystery. We're being of... generous because of Aiden Turner, aren't we? Yeah, he's good in it, and also I enjoyed the mystery of why the hell does this film exist and what is it trying to do? That's that's true. That is an interesting mystery, but which, of which I can only go as high as five. Because it it feels as though this movie is like part of an arg, doesn't it? You, you, yeah. you, you go onto a website, you watch a spooky video, it gives you a password at another website, you put in that password, and then you watch this movie, and then within this movie there's like hints to get to the next part of it, or something like that. Yeah, It's just this bizarre little thing, I'm not really sure why it exists. Love is blind, slender man redux. <laughs> so I, I, th- I think that's the quote that they can put on the posters, I'm not really sure why this exists. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's all, that's the only reason we make this podcast is so that we can give <laughs> quotes to films in need. Right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's weird. It's weird. Um, so, have you got anything else you like? You, any any other points of discussion? No, I, I think we're done with it, aren't we? Is love blind? Love is blind. Yes, it is. Yeah, there we go. Um, yeah, end of discussion. <laughs> love is blind. We've we've proved it. Um, so, so the only other thing from me is I went to go see Doctor Sleep. Oh, how was that? I've it's, heard good things generally. It's, yeah, it's very very good. Um, you have read the book, haven't you? I have. Yes, and, I have not. And I won't give any spoilers here. But what really impressed me about the film um, is how it managed to combine. It, it managed to successfully translate the novel that it's based on. But not only that, it managed to combine that with the the novel of The Shining and it managed to combine it with the original movie of The Shining, which is very, very different from um, Stephen King's novel. Yeah, which is a very difficult thing to do, isn't it? Because yeah. obviously Kubrick's vision and King's vision were very, very different. And that's not necessarily a problem, but two different, very different things. And so I was amazed at how it managed to successfully weave the two together. So it had those emotional strands and those sympathetic strands of the shining, the novel, but then it had that unease and that unnerving nature 
and the abuse that the shining movie focuses on and somehow it managed to make it all work whilst telling one of stephen king's weirdest stories as well because often with stephen king when they make a movie adaptation they entirely cut out all the weirdness um and so it's just like the main focus like we've got to kill a car or there's a haunted hotel or oh uh, it's an angry dog or oh this is an obsessive an obsessive fan of this writer that kind of thing um whereas a lot of it there's all of these weird fantastical like bonkers elements which always get cut out but here it kept them all in and it kept it really strange and it somehow managed to get all of that to work whilst it also felt like a, a successful sequel to the shining wow um so full marks if you like strange movies with with some nastiness and some horror horror elements because it's not it's not very scary and and it 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 gets that from the original novel where the novel wasn't necessarily a a straight-up horror movie it's got much more fantasy and magic and it's almost like a dark fantasy book um it it manages to 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 keep that tone and so yeah I, i really recommend it i enjoyed it a lot excellent i'll probably see it when it comes onto streaming i imagine yeah they're not doing a baby cinema of that i can't, I can't imagine shame. it would go down well um and and shout out to rebecca ferguson for an amazing performance um and also ewan mcgregor obviously is great because he always is yep can't fault him can you definitely not so so what have we got next then well we i was talking earlier about how this made me think about michelle gondry and about those two films the science of sleep and eternal sunshine and i realized i don't think we've actually talked about either of those have we no we haven't um so which one do you want to do of those two or or we could also do garden state now that you've had a pop at garden state which is another (laughs) one we've um, mentioned before in the past so of those three which one do you want to do i'm gonna put it back to you uh i think we go eternal sunshine because I've not good, watched that movie in bloody ages. Good call. Yeah, yeah, we're doing that. Eternal Sunshine. Right. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to spoil the discussion about that because I feel like we'll have a lot to say. But yeah, that's a good idea. Excellent stuff. All right, sweet. Well, in that case, all that remains for us to say thank you very much for listening. We really, really appreciate it. Um, we're on Twitter at Big Boys Don't Pod. Emails at Big Boys Don't Cry Podcast at Gmail dot com. If you've seen Love Is Blind and you're able to explain it better than we we can, by all means, get in touch. Yes, yeah. <laughs> and shout out to Alicia for bringing this to our attention again. Yes, thank place. you very, very much, yes. Alicia. This is exactly the kind of nonsense we need. <laughs> we need more of this. If you've got any more recommendations, anybody, let us know. Um, what do you believe? Love Is Blind. If you couldn't see someone. Would you think of it as a bonus or would you think of it as a negative? Mm, if, interesting question. Yeah. How would you talk to someone invisible that you that is always there? How would would you treat them as a little therapy person or would you constantly troll them? <laughs> I, I know what she would do. <laughs> Definitely. Anyway. I'd just have a trumpet out and just be blaring it at them all the time. I just occasionally just like wink in random directions and just hope that yeah. occasionally e. I get it right and it unnerves them <laughs> and think that I can see them. Yeah. See, this is a film we could have a lot of fun with. Yeah. Give it. Give once, us. Give it to big made, boys. What's What's our next film? Wizard Cop. Wizard Cop. Once we've done yeah. Wizard Cop, we'll do, we'll do this. We'll do Love Is Blind twenty twenty one. Yeah. 
this will happen remake it yeah yeah def def we'll get eden turner back in yeah yeah he'll be he'll be up for remaking it i'm sure sure. i'm sure (laughs) in between his james bond schedule yes yeah (laughs) right okay all right well look out for love is blind 2021 and we'll be back next week to talk about eternal sunshine of the spotless mind all right bye bye all right bye there ought to be a law get the sheriff on the phone lord have mercy how she even gets